Aspiring grain farmers, listen up. In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, we share five steps to start farming with grain. Grain farmers grows grains such as corn, wheat, rye, and even sorghum. Mentorship is emerging as a key strategy in the development of farmers and their farming enterprises. This week, award-winning farming mentor Matidiso Mokhetsi shares her secret to finding and becoming an extraordinary mentor. This week, Soil Sister, powered by Food for Mzanzi and Corteva AgriScience, is Ketiwe Maseko the founder of Gugulam Poultry House in Gauteng. She's a farmer who started out as a domestic worker and today she's a proud ambassador for the agricultural sector. While the fate of 39 Mpumalanga farmers hang in the balance, experts warn that without clear legislation, land redistribution is but a pipe dream. Professor Almin Duplessis, a leading constitutional law expert, unpacks this case and outcomes. Our book of the week, Wanted, Dead and Alive, The Case of South Africa's Cattle by Gregory Mtembu Salter. He takes us on a journey across Umzanzi to consider the role of cattle in our society. And our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from the winner of Free State Agriculture's Young Farmer of the Year competition, Doug Osler. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 71 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Don Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food for Mzanzi. And I'm Duncan Masiwa. Listen, buckle up and get ready for another exciting episode of South Africa's most downloaded farmers podcast. First up, in Mzanzi, grain farmers grow grains such as corn, wheat, rye and sorghum. Journalist Donovan Eden chats to Bukule Pama, who will share a few steps to start farming grain. He has been farming with potatoes, maize, wheat and cattle since 2017 in Bourteville in the Free State. Bukule Pama is here to help us better understand how to get started as grain farmers. But before we get to the nitty-gritty of starting up a grain farm, why don't you tell us a bit more about how you got started in grain farming, Bukule? In 2016, we bought a plot in Porterville. We started with the development and in 2017, we were ready to start farming. We specialize in maize and wheat and potatoes. So in terms of grain farming, I started personally in 2017 under my company Ameline. You also have a mixed farming enterprise with potatoes, maize, wheat and cattle. Do you think it is more beneficial to farm with grain in conjunction with other types of crops and livestock? Or is it about the same as just farming with grains alone? When it comes to our mixed farming approach, I do believe it is very beneficial for farmers to rather do mixed farming. Here is the reason why. In some harvests, prices do dip. In other harvests, you can get, you know, prices that are extremely high. Another reason is that, especially for this past season, we've had quite a lot of high rainfall in the Free State, in our area in Porterville, which did damage, you know, some of our crop. So it is extremely important as a farmer because you are a businessman, you are actually an entrepreneur to try to diversify your risk so that if this harvest or this year, the price of maize or wheat 
or potatoes, etc., is low and you've got cattle at the same farm, that cattle and the profit that you get from those cattles can subsidize the loss or break even of your harvest maize or wheat. You know, in South Africa, farmers are price takers. The market dictates the price, especially like if you look at potato, it can go from 80 rand to 30 rand or 40 rand. So it's quite important to diversify your risk so that if one crop or product does badly, the other one can support the entity as a whole. So I highly recommend mixed farming. What has been the most challenging part of grain farming for you? Or what did you struggle the most with when you started? When it comes to grain farming is that the infrastructure and input costs, capital costs are extremely high. It's quite difficult to get the seeds and fertilizers, etc. spraying regularly. You need quite a lot of money. So in our case, we got loans from our financier at a pretty expensive price. I think it's one of the only ways you can do it because he will have to pay millions of rands in input costs in order to get maize or wheat where you want it to be. So it is extremely difficult. It's not easy if you don't have money or finance to be a successful grain farmer. You do require quite a lot of input costs and the right infrastructure. If you're doing it in a large scale in a way, you can't use you know, equipment that that's not modern or that's not automated, etc., to give you the best and the highest yield. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to get the highest yield possible and the best grade. So if you're going to use subpar equipment and machinery, you're going to fail on that point. So I would definitely say financing of your seeds, your fertilizer, etc., is extremely high. And if you don't have money, it's quite difficult to get into the game with the other big farmers. And lastly, what advice could you give to farmers who want to start farming with grain? The advice I would give to farmers that are trying to get into grain farming is that you need to make sure that you choose the right grain to make sure that you plant at the right time because if you miss your planting by a week or two or even worse a month you will be left behind in the market your grains will not grow to what you want them to be and you will not get the yields that you would like if you are definitely sure that grain farming is for you please learn the market Please learn the planting dates. Please learn which company to use for fertilizers. Please learn what machinery you must use. It is a science. You can't guess and calculate. If you drive in the free stage, you'll find that, you know, some farmers are harvesting. Maize looks amazing. And next door farm, his grain has not grown to obviously the level that he would want. Two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, the grain is still on the ground and it's a wasted grain. So you need to be backed by facts. You need to be backed by historical data. You need help from the professionals in terms of fertilizers, planting dates, harvesting dates, etc., irrigation schedules, etc. So it is a science in order to get the best yield, which will give you the best chance of making a profit. You need to know exactly what you are doing. Thanks, Donna. It's always great getting some practical tips from farmers working the land every day Next up, finding a good mentor as a new farmer should never be underestimated. Matidiso Moketsi was held as the 2020 Agricultural Research Council National Mentor of the Year and she joins us now to share her tricks of what makes an extraordinary mentor. 
Memati Diso, tell us what makes an exceptional mentor and what should new farmers look for in a potential mentor? An exceptional mentor would be someone who has the welfare of his mentees in his heart, who is knowledgeable and eager to invest in others. People should look for mentors who fit their needs and will be devoted to his mentorship. Someone who will be able to listen actively and be able to provide feedback. What value do you think there is in providing new farmers and land reform beneficiaries with mentors? The value of mentorship to smallholder farmers and beneficiaries of land reform is to encourage and guide because as a mentor, I have been there, have seen it and have done it. This is achieved through the famous three C's of mentorship, which is consultation, counseling and cheerleading. Tell us how can beneficiaries from land reform benefit from mentorship? Beneficiaries of land reform can benefit a lot from mentorship. They gain skill, knowledge and choices of farming enterprise. They get empowered and self-esteem is raised. And yes, I would advise government to invest in mentorship, seeing I'm a product thereof. Beneficiaries of land reform need a startup package and mentorship should be one of them. This helps to quickly identify and correct gaps, to uplift mentees when they are done and eventually walk with them up the ropes of farming. What is the biggest mistake that startup farmers make? When you start farming, making mistakes inevitable, but it should not discourage you. Startup farmers think they can get rich quickly in farming. Like they want to get huge profits in the first year, which is unfortunate. It is not easy as that. You need to build up your stock, prepare land to be productive, identify your market and slowly build up your revenue through record keeping. Thanks for joining us, Mati Diso Muketsi, the 2020 Agricultural Research Council National Mentor of the Year. On to other news here on Farmers Inside Track. While the fate of 39 Mpumalanga black farmers running profitable commercial enterprises facing eviction hang in the balance, experts warn that without clear legislation, land redistribution is but a pipe dream. Professor Almin Duplessis, a leading constitutional law expert, unpacks this case and the outcomes. Professor, we have seen and heard of several successful black farmers, especially the 39 from Mpumalanga, evicted from the land. Are these evictions legal? And if not, what does this mean for the future? So in the past few months, more and more black farmers started to speak up about being evicted from land on which they are farming, often very successfully. And the question is often asked if there's any legal grounding for these evictions. And A good lawyer will tell you it depends. It will depend from farmer to farmer. So one will need to have a look at in terms of what agreement, if they do have an agreement, they are living on the land. And if so, whether there was a breach of the agreement, if there was a breach of the agreement, then the contract can be cancelled. In my opinion, they cannot just be evicted from the land. It's not possible for the department just to come onto the land serve eviction orders for them to leave the land by the end of a week, for instance. There are processes to be followed. 
But what we have seen in many of these instances are that these people were put on the land and they were often not given written contracts, which makes their tenure quite insecure. Or they did have written contracts, but there was no explanation given or no formal cancellation of the contract. And that, of course, is not legal. Could we see more of these evictions? And how do we prevent something like this from happening again in the future? So we need to be very careful in the future. I think by speaking up, they encourage other farmers to speak up, which is a good thing. And that forces the department to make sure that when they do want to cancel these contracts and move people off farms, that they do it in terms of a legal process. The department is becoming more and more aware of these failures and Minister Totoko Didisa, she is stepping in. So there's a greater awareness of these. I would hope that we will not see many more of these evictions, that we would rather see that the written agreements are given to the people or that anything that needs to be rectified is rectified. And that's also how you prevent things from happening. When land is allocated for people to live on, for instance, there should be an insistence on a legal document in the forms of a contract from government. But also in the future, hopefully, we will see decent redistribution legislation in in terms of which these kind of allocations are done, which will then give people rights, more secure rights than just an agreement, which is often not in writing and often not given to people. We need to make sure that we do get redistribution legislation. And then lastly, briefly, what does a seamless land reform process look like? It is difficult to say what a seamless land reform process must look like. At the moment, we struggle a lot with implementation of legislation. There are a few legislative gaps, as I've mentioned. We do need a redistribution act that will tell officials when they do allocate land to people in terms of the redistribution program, how they must exercise their discretion. That will in turn give people rights in the land, but that's only a small aspect of this land reform. Also, we need to look at what happened post-settlement of people on land, what it is that we want to see. And that is really, at this stage for me, difficult to answer if we don't have a clear idea of what the vision is for land reform, whether we, for instance, want to settle commercial farmers, whether we want to give land to to small-scale farmers, whether we want a mixture of the two. But I think the first thing that one can do is to clear up policy, to make sure that the policies that the department use to implement land reform is clear, it's published, it's also deliberated upon. There's no obligation, of course, but it just makes it easier to understand what the policy is and to hold government accountable, and then to ensure that our institutions are working. So many of the institutions, as we have seen the Land Claims Commission, where a lot of the restitution claims are stuck, if these institutions are functioning properly, we should be able to have a well-functioning land reform process. Thank you for joining us, Professor Almin Duplessis, a leading constitutional law expert. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens for CO.ZA or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Now for our book of the week as chosen by our farmers. This week we look at a book titled Wanted, Dead and Alive, The Case for South Africa's Cattle by Gregory Mtembu Salter. 
He takes us on a journey across the region to consider the role of cattle in our society. The author visits kraals in Zululand, feedlots in Gauteng, breeders and farmers in Eswatini and Namibia, and dairies in the Eastern Cape and Western Cape to understand how people use and keep their cattle. Caroline Sampson, Growbank's Executive for Strategy, Environment, Social and Governance Affairs, reviewed this book. In Wanted, Dead and Alive, The Case for South Africa's Cattle, Gregory Mtembu Salter takes us on a journey across the region to consider the role of cattle in our society. He visits kraals in Zululand, feedlots in Gauteng, breeders and farmers in Eswatini and Namibia, and dairies in the Eastern and Western Cape to understand how people use and keep their cattle. Along the way, he meets politicians and academics, established and new generation farmers, and examines the various role players in the value chain. He discusses the question of land reform and assesses the role of cattle in global warming. With regard to cattle's contribution to climate change, he comes to the conclusion that the current farming methods are unsustainable and that we would have to consider how we rear cattle and, as consumers, probably reduce our demand for meat and dairy products. I enjoyed this short overview of the cattle sector, which contains many interviews and personal perspectives to convey the importance of these animals to us. Thanks, Carolyn Sampson from Growbank. Remember, you can email info at foodformzanzi.co.za if you want to suggest the next book of the week. Onto our app of the week, the Arc Hub app provides farmers with critical information and best practice knowledge that allows them to be productive, economically efficient and contribute meaningfully to the nation's food basket and keeping the country fed. Agricultural Research Council's Advisory Service Coordinator Lerato Maboa tells us more about this exciting app. The ARC Hub mobile application, a must-download app, not only for farmers but also for extension practitioners and researchers. An advisory service app that supports and enhances on-farm decision-making through providing accurate and timely information required at every stage of the agricultural value chain. The app hosts 158 technical manuals related to plant production, animal production, agro-processing, plant health, as well as animal health. These manuals are developed by researchers across the Agricultural Research Council. The app also provides information on training services offered by the Agricultural Research Council, up-to-date weather forecast, and early warning system that allows cross-sharing between farmers and researchers. For the benefit of the user, it is advisable that all users register themselves to allow the Agricultural Research Council to improve support by sharing relevant information as guided by the user profile in terms of the location and the type of enterprises. The app has received positive feedback from users. It is available for free of charge on Android Play Store, Apple App Store and www.archub.agric.za. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.
You're tuned into Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food Film Zanzi. Powered by Corteva Agri Science, we are now introducing you to an extraordinary woman farmer participating in a year long blended development program at the Gibbs Business School. This week, we meet Ketiwe Maseko, the founder of Gugulam Poultry House in Bronkospret Gauteng. She's a farmer who started out as a domestic worker, and today she's a proud ambassador for the agricultural sector. Ketiwe, where and how did your farming journey actually start? Greetings, everyone. I'm Ketiwe Maseko, the founder of Gugulami Poultry House. I started my farming journey in 2018 after identifying that there's a huge gap in poultry in my community. I raise broiler chickens from a day old. I operate from my home backyard. And what are some of the toughest lessons you've learned along the way? The toughest lesson that I have learned along the way was that first when I started, I didn't have a formal training on how to raise broiler chickens from a day old or how to take good care of broiler chickens. So I lost a lot of chickens due to mortality because I didn't know how to vaccinate or use vaccines or there are any vaccines that can be used in broiler chickens. But eventually I came all right with my good networking skills. And then finally, do you have any advice to other women entering the farming arena? My advice to other women entering the farming arena is that you know farming is a male dominated industry. So, when you start this journey, never be intimidated or doubt yourself. Be brave. You can do it. Be brave. Be brave. Trust yourself. Never give up. Of course, you're going to encounter so many challenges, but don't give up. For the fact that you have started, never look back. Just grab it and fly, women. Thanks for joining us, Ketuwe Maseko, the founder of Gugulam Poultry House in Bronkospreit, Gauteng. Thanks, Ketuwe Maseko. I can't wait to hear who's next on our Soil Sisters campaign, powered by Corteva AgriScience. Remember to stay tuned for our Farmer's Tip of the Week from Free State Agriculture's Young Farmer of the Year competition, Doug Osler. But first, on a lighter note, the founder of Ditoswane Community Arts Center and Food Garden, Vuyo Maisa, has merged his love for art with his love for food, creating a vibrant, fresh green basil pesto he proudly calls Vuyo's organic pesto. When I cook, I believe there's no recipe that's new under the sun. I also believe that it's to take the risk and try and see how the food will come out. Iris with the pomegranate for the basil and it gave me a unique one. So it was what was at my disposal. So one of my other motives is make do with what you have and make it happen. Thanks, home cook Vuyo Mayesa. Be sure to check out his interview and recipe on foodformzanzi.co.za. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's super fresh, it's super soft, and it makes a meal a treat. It's super sure bread and super sure flour. A proud member of the VKB group. From breakfast to lunch and even birthday cakes. Super sure makes the whole family smile. Find Super sure on Facebook or visit vkb.co.za for more info. VKB, for the love of the land. 
We've just about reached the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track episode. But before we let you go, our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from the winner of Free State Agriculture's Young Farmer of the Year competition, Doug Osler. He's been farming in a family business for the past 16 years and is primarily responsible for the Apple Enterprise and Packhouse of Lone Tree Farms in the Eastern Free State technology available is just mind-blowing and what it does to increase efficiencies and promote your business in terms of irrigation just a small example of an aspect of technology with probes measuring moisture in the soil that automatically speak to the computer that manages the irrigation so moisture loss out of the soil is replaced that the computer decides on how much it would replace that practically down to each hectare of an orchard it is then getting back the water that it has used in the previous 24 hours. Drones, for example, just amazing space at the moment where that technology is helping farmers, apple farmers specifically, make really informed decisions and its ability to talk to other equipment for variable speed spreaders, for instance, where you now start managing your trees down to individual trees you know variable speed sprayers in an orchard just unbelievable the technology that's there and like i mentioned earlier security unfortunately is something that we possibly unnecessarily spending a lot of money on but it is obviously necessary because it's an issue but there too cameras and drones etc that really help out in terms of security on livestock especially gps units on the livestock i think there's a lot of stuff available it's really really exciting one has to just try and get into it and use it. Automated tractors, self-drive tractors. I mean, it's, the possibilities are just endless. And Doug Osler's Farmer Tip of the Week brings us to the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track. Proudly brought to you by Food Film Zanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmer's Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on foodformzanzi.co.za. From me, Donumdu, Duncan Masiwa, contributors Donna Van Eden, Nuluta Ndungakani, Carolyn Sampson and the rest of the Food for Mzanzi team, have a great week. And please, let's continue to keep each other safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. Bye for now. What joins a continent but its continuous flow over mountains, through rivers, in the rhythm of the land. What ignites its future, but the promise to fulfill, to protect and grow, the very life of tomorrow. African Blue Corteva Keep Growing 
You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.